Hey guys, welcome to the WellSaid Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm a pastoral intern at Living Word Bible Church, where I'm responsible for youth and young adult ministries. I'm also a part-time student at the Southern Seminary. Every week, I'll be sitting down with my good friend Alexi, and we are going to be talking about both the beauty and the complexity of following Jesus in a post-Christian culture. In this week's conversation, we are diving into another interesting question. What is the relationship between the world and the church? How do we as Christians relate to consuming non-Christian pop culture, media, and different forms of art? How do we process what we take in and what we avoid? Hey guys, welcome back uh, for another week of the Well Said Podcast. So what's up, man? Tell me something good this week, today. Nothing much. I'm thriving. I'm You're, thriving. I'm not surviving I'm anymore. Thriving. I'm thriving at this Dude, point. But that sounds like a Joel Osteen book cover. <laughs> but something good. Something good is friendship. Having a friend, a close friend, it's good. Mm. There's a lot of people that would pay money to have friends. Wow. And I'm one of those that doesn't have to. You 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 get to it's save good. money on the friendship bu- uh, budget. Yep. Huh. yep. That's Every good. day. Every day. Yeah. Being part of a community, I think, um, no short of friends in our church. So if you're a lonely person, come hang out with us. We have massive potlucks. and uh, Massive. Living Word Bible Church is the place to be. Even if you don't join for any other reason for uh, uh, other than the potlucks, it's a good reason to join. Uh, what's my good thing today? Uh, I'm really thankful for jumper cables. What happened? So, okay, guys, you guys have to hear a uh, bit of background. I've been late every time to this podcast thing. I tell Alexi that I'll be here at 5 and I'm here at 5.30 or 4 and I'm here at 4.20. So it's like I'm late all the time. And today I was like, that's it. On the dot, we're going to stick to this. I'm going to be there on time. I get in my car. I was early. I had half an hour. I turned the key. Nothing happens. I was like, shoot. <laughs> so I take off running. First problem was I couldn't find the jumper cables. As I found them, finally hooked them up, started the car. Wonderful. Put everything away. I'm back in the driveway. I stall my car. Oh. It doesn't start again. So I have to jump out again, redo the whole jumper cable thing again. Ah. But, you know, at least there was such thing as jumper cables. Other than that, I'd be really late. Oh, yeah, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> that would be pretty bad. I already owe you guys I'd like uh, all hope. Two, two coffee gift cards. So <sighs> And counting. And counting. And maybe more after this week because I just keep bringing heat down on you with the things that we're saying on here. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, nice segue into the episode. So we've had some feedback, some... Crit- uh, continual feedback. Continual feedback, some um, <laughs> criticism, some heat. We've been taking some, some punches. And here we are ready to <laughs> return the favor, <laughs> in a, so to speak. But so long story short, we've had some feedback because the topic was uh, the world, us, and broken love. It wasn't really about the church and how we to relate. It was just specifically we're talking about the love. Well, and we played right? some, some... And we played some tunes. Some segments from... Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. So that caused some uh, questions, uh, raised eyebrows. And it, I guess, pushed us towards a bigger picture, mm-hmm. a bigger topic that I think it's important for us to cover because a lot of the people didn't understand 
why we did that, and we were called that it was uh, it was heresy mm. to do that. So I'd Me like too. us to take some time here and respond to that. Explain what is actually happening from biblical standpoint, right? Not just so, cliche. Yeah, yeah. And for people listening specifically, people had issues with the fact that we were playing Taylor Swift, discussing Taylor Swift, and even not only that, mentioning that at some points in our lives we listen to music like Taylor Swift or yeah. whatever. In general, the issue is non-Christian pop culture and Christians and how um, to many this is very difficult to understand. How does Christian, how does a Christian person participate in such a messed up culture? How can you even say anything there is good? Yep. And how can you ever listen to any of that music? So um, I think that's a good question. It's a good subject to discuss because it's actually at the forefront of a lot of the minds of the young people today. Yeah. Actually, I would back up and ask the broader, a broader question. What is the relationship of the church to the world? And I think that as we launch into this idea, you actually connect with a lot of frustration among young people today who are um, frustrated with the churches that they are growing up in because they feel like it's overly segregated from the world around. It's overly divided from the world around. And they feel like the faith that they grew up in is all about being spiritual and reading your Bible and being at church and singing Christian hymns and praying. But it, it it's a Christianity that doesn't cross over into Monday through Friday. Yeah. And um, this is frustrating for a, young, a lot of young people today, I think, as we are processing, reprocessing our faith. Also, we live in a culture that is constantly, aggressively attacking the Christian worldview. If you're going to stand on two feet in this, in this culture, you have to constantly reevaluate your answer to the question, what is my relationship to the world around? The culture, the art, the media, um, the things that people partake in around me, what is my relationship as a Christian to this? Yeah. So, Can we be active participants of it? That was my struggle. When I went to college, I couldn't go beyond high and by with my uh, my classmates in college. Mm. I could not. I literally just couldn't take that right. step because of the system you were raised in. Yeah. You did not know how I to wasn't even equipped. Yeah, you you didn't even know how to live life in common with them because everything they did is so evil and everything you do is so holy. Yeah, right. So Moses coming exactly. from the from the mountain of Baptist life with <laughs> his face shining and all the pagans must hide. <laughs> yeah, long story uh, short. So, very, very huge question, actually, and something we're not going to capture in 25 minutes. Well, now we have 19 minutes and 55 seconds. So, it's actually going to be a two-part, another two-parter for us. But, so, let me launch into what I will attempt to be a five-minute, jam-packed, deeply theologically rich answer to the simple question, what is the relationship of the church to the world around us? Actually, more specifically, what is the mission of the church? I think that's a simple way to phrase it. When you look at the New Testament, Matthew 28, classic text, Jesus is about to leave. And he, he summarizes it in one major command, right? We all know, we've read you know, the Great Commission, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. <clears throat> so that's Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. That is really the heartbeat of the Christian mission. Now, as we zoom in, 
go and basically, he says, proclaim the gospel, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have taught you. The inevitable question then, as we're pushing deeper, is saying, okay, then what is the gospel? If our mission is to proclaim the gospel to the world, what is the gospel? The gospel in the New Testament can be summarized in two senses or two different ways that you can, um, the, the word gospel is used in the New Testament. And this you can get, uh, I'm, I'm borrowing from Kevin D. Young here in his book, What is the Mission of the Church? Really great book. Get it, read it, please. I mean, just, I'm listening through the book second time right now. Very helpful. But the word gospel is used in two senses in the New Testament. And we, and Kevin breaks it down to two categories. He says the zoom lens or the focused definition and the wide angle definition. Now, the zoom lens is the specific is, is to say the gospel is the specific proclamation of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He came into the world to pay for our sins, to grant us forgiveness, and to restore our relationship with God. So the zoom lens gospel is the gospel of Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection, and our faith in him. Wide angle gospel is a general proclamation of the fact that God is restoring his world to himself. It is an emphasis, it's, it's an emphasis on um, the overarching story of the Bible. So if you zoom out, and again, this is something to file away in the back of your head and keep this in mind as you read your Bibles, listen to sermons all the time. The whole Bible breaks into a story that is that has four main chapters, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. You have to understand that. You understand that, you see the whole Bible much more clearly. The wide-angle gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus, it says in Mark, Jesus pro appeared proclaiming the kingdom of God and calling all to repent. What is the relationship between these two senses of the word gospel? The relationship is they're two sides of the same coin. You can't separate, you can't separate one from the other without losing everything. So you have to talk about Jesus and his, the cross because that is, that's how God changes everything. That's how God reconciles us. But then you have to ask the question, what is God doing after he reconciles us? Why is, why is he doing this? He's doing this not just to save our souls and our brains, to feed truth into your brain and make you read Bible verses. He's doing this as part of a grander plan. His kingdom is breaking back into a fallen world, and it, it is the beginning, of the, the, the beginning of the end, the beginning of the beginning, the new mm -hmm. beginning, that Jesus is restoring his creation, that there will be a new creation, that there will be a new world in which we will live in fellowship with God, glorifying him. So... Um, you can't separate the two. And the problem in the church, most often, is today, in relationship to the world, it's an over-focus on one or the other. You can have an over-focus on the narrow sense or an over-focus on the wide sense. An over-focus on the narrow sense is when we make our church walls really high, we lock out the world out there, and we keep our Bibles and our Bible study and our Christianity all in our little holy huddle. And that's our Christianity, is our inside the church, and stay away from everything outside. It's all, whole, it's all evil, it's all, it's all sinful. We just wait for Jesus to come back and mm -hmm. save us out of this hell hole. But the wide is just as is, is bad, because when we go too wide, when we go too much wide, when we go too much, oh, we're going to proclaim Jesus and love and restore the world and make the world a better place, feed all the f poor people, heal all the diseases, and we're going to just you know, love, love, love all, all day long, you forget the church. You forget discipleship. You forget the communion of the saints. Yeah. You forget the worship of the church. Which is crucial. The mission of the Christian. We are, we are believing in Jesus, and we are following him and letting this gospel, this story, 
both the cross and the kingdom penetrate to every part of our life. Let Christ transform every part of us. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. He transforms our mind and makes us agents of his new kingdom, citizens of his kingdom. As we live in this world, Peter says, you are to proclaim his excellencies to this world. So we are here in this world, and we are citizens of a new kingdom, a coming kingdom. And we are here proclaiming Jesus' lordship over all things and calling them to repent and believe in Jesus. So that is our mission. That is our focus, right? That is the big definition. Now, the practical stuff. So the practical stuff. It sounds amazing. Sounds great. Sounds like there is um, no competition of ideas or no disagree. there should be no disagreements. However, however... I'm assuming the churches that cling to the idea of uh, concentrating on the narrow, the Zoom version of the gospel of uh, build up the walls as high as you can and wait for Christ to come down, mm-hmm. wait for the second coming. It's obviously based on the Bible because hmm. the the Bible verses that are being used of that we are not to be where the sinners are, we're not to walk there, we're not to sit there, we're not to sleep there. We are to Someone, uh, right? we, yeah we are to stay away from the people that are fornicators that are lies. We're not to be in communion with them, uh, or the Bible verses talk about not to love the world, not to be part of the world, not to love the things of the world. So obviously that's where the base lays. Mm-hmm. And how do you reconcile knowing that you, we shouldn't do all of these things, but at the same time, you know, how do we get from there to? in a way, being partakers of this world. Right, right. Where where does it go? Right, the classic John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1 argument is saying, look, John says, beloved children, do not not love the world nor the things of the world, for the things of the world, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, lust of the flesh. So, warning, do not participate in the deadly, sin-filled world, right? Mm -hmm. So, many of us, and we come from this world, right? Me and you were raised in a context where overall, and I'm not trying to point fingers or anything, it's just like overall the mindset was out there is bad. Um, and many times for us Russian people, it's also linked to the, somehow to the English language. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the English people, the, the Americans, they're all the sinners. Americans. Yeah, we're, we're the whole, you know, so, but oh, out there is bad. So the world, the world means everything outside of our church holy huddle. But what is the world? What is the world? Is it the trees also and the mountains? No, obviously, when John is saying, do not love the world nor the things of the world, he does not mean do not love sunset or mountains. When he says the world, he is using the world in a technical sense in the same way Paul is using the world in Ephesians chapter Mm 2, where you guys were following the sinful, Satan-dominated system of lies and false values that fill the culture around you. So when we, when John speaks of the world, when Paul speaks of the world in that technical sense, he is speaking specifically of a system of values that are driven by Satan to get people away from God. What is, okay, ahead. so then uh, if we take that concept, which I absolutely agree with, how do we apply that to Christian music? to movies that are PG-13, R-rated, or just TV shows. Right. How do we apply it there? Do, is there a line that we draw? How do we tackle those things? How can we, in a way, be there but not be partakers of, I guess, the negative things that are right. portrayed? Right. Where do you go? Yeah. So I think, um, obviously, 
the simple answer, and we're going to go from simple to more specific. Christians live in a tension in this world, right? First Peter calls says that we are sojourners and stranger, strangers and exiles in this world. So the our relationship to this world is going to be complex and it's going to require wisdom. But um, how do we relate to like art and creativity? That's a great question. Be, the, the question, the, the issue is, you cannot apply an all or nothing rule consistently. Mm-hmm. Most people who make the argument that says uh, Christians should not listen to non-Christian music and should never watch non-Christian movies. If you look at their lives, their life is to some extent saturated with some sort of non-Christian art form yep. that they appreciate. Well, then the, the counter argument is maybe, oh, this is neutral. This is innocent, right? Um, but then we can say, really? So you're saying that sinners who are in rebellion against God are creating innocent art, who are creating pure, pure beauty and goodness? Um, there you're going to have complexity. All human creativity, all human art, and let's, for the sake of simplicity, say movies and music right now. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing we argue today. Um, movies and music. Everything we make has two components to it. And again, this goes into that back to the wide angle, um, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Because creation is true, all, all world was created by God for his glory, by his glory. We as humans are creators. We, we make music, we make art, we make movies, we tell stories. That is the, the characteristic of the creator in us. Mm-hmm. And we are imaging him. We are mirroring his glory by doing that. And even people who don't know God are still demonstrating those characteristics of being in the image of God when they yep. do that. So all art forms are creating in, in that context. They're reflecting God. And all art forms are also shot through with sin because we are sinners. You can never escape your sinfulness. Yeah. So all art is both reflecting God's glory and it is also uh, reflecting sin and promoting sin in some sense, because mm-hmm. that is what it means to be human. Yeah. And then where do we, so where do we go from here? Because let's say, for example, we're going to take Taylor Swift. In reality, if we're going to talk from the musical standpoint and just the beats, the rhythm, uh, how the song is made, it's catchy. It's quality work. Right. It, it's, it's a high level production. Right. We can, I guess, enjoy that, but at the same time, where do we draw the line? How do, for example, we used the music right on the previous right. podcast. Right. How did we draw the line there? What was the process that went through our minds? Right. I think um, again, this goes back to uh, our mission in the world. So <clears throat> earlier, when me and you were talking off air, we were talking about the fact that we tolerate the world. We do the minimum, but it's like that's not really true. If we are on mission in this world, that means that everything we do here. Everything you do, your whole life is dominated by the Lordship of Jesus. And all the sinful world that you come in contact with, you are coming into contact with people in need of of Christ's Lordship, but also people who are glorious in the image of the Creator. And as as that, as the one who has been reconciled with God, as the one who knows God as a citizen of His kingdom, you are able to walk into this world and you are able to see, you appreciate the art and also point out the sin. And our message to the culture only is going to happen if we are living in this world with that mission in mind. If all Christians retreat to their Christian neighborhoods and Christian churches and don't engage with anything in the world, none of the people in the world are ever going to be able to hear and see the gospel in their own lives. So we have freedom in Christ to appreciate art that is non-Christian to an extent 
But then you have to ask the question, as one author recently said, how many slugs are in the sa how many slugs are you going to pick out of the salad before you just throw the whole salad out? Um, a Christians should exercise discernment. Why would you expose yourself to pure garbage? Um, movies that are overly uh, explicit with sexuality, lots of violence or swearing. Again, this is a gray line, but why would you, why do you want to eat, you know, why do you need to do that? But at the same time, we have, we have a, a place in this world. Jesus owns this world and we belong to Christ. And we are called to speak to this culture about Christ. And, we, and, and as we do, we point to the good and we point to the bad and we help them see the gospel in themselves. Yeah. And that's a, what, kind of what you mentioned, what we before talked about is the Acts 17 of when Paul was preaching. Uh, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Classic example, the Apostle Paul, Mars Hill, Acts chapter 17. Paul is in the, in the uh, marketplace where all the idols are. He is disturbed. What does he do? He listens. He spends a couple of days hanging out, spending time around these people. What, then what does he do? He starts talking to them. He starts reasoning with them, arguing with them about what they believe and why. And when they bring him and he makes his case, how does he make his case? Go read Acts chapter 17. It's very interesting. He argues for the biblical God. But one of the weak tools he uses in arguing is he quotes their own poets to them and says, look, even your own poets admit this truth. So he is not saying that their poets are uh, proper Christians or whatever. No, they were pagan poets who did not believe in God. But even in their poetry, there were glimpses of truth. And Paul, what Paul's doing, he's lifting those truth, the lines of truth out of the poet. And he's saying, look, your own poets understand this. Now, if you take this truth that you all agree on, pagans, um, and follow this truth and lead it to its next conclusion, you will realize that you need to believe in Jesus. So what is he doing there? He is seeing the good, the beautiful, in the broken human sin sinners in the in the culture and he is also seeing the brokenness in the sin and he, what he's doing he's lifting out the the good he's discussing it he's he's attaching biblical truth to it and then he's also confronting the sin you know what i'm saying yeah and that's absolutely right and also another thing how he starts his speeches he points to the uh small the 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 altar. Yeah. So he points to the altar of the unknown God and he says, this is the God that I'm preaching to you about. Right. So he technically uses their art, their ideas to point it to God. Right. Which is just, you have to be exposed to, you have to go there, you have to spend a couple of days talking to them, listening to yeah. them. What do people have to say? And uh, two quick questions before we finish. First one, uh, this is an argument that uh, surrounded my whole youth when I was at church. Uh, you shouldn't partake in something in, unless it's building you up as a Christian. Right. Well, what is that's such a subjective term. And that's very true. Paul, mm -hmm. chapter 4 in Philippians, right? He says, you know, whatever is true, worthy, upbuilding, whatever, edifying, uh, meditate on these things. True. Okay. But you know what? You can be sitting there looking at a sunset and thinking about your sinful plans and selfishness, you know? Um, the simple, when you're talking about music and movies specifically, you are talking about the in, inner emotional and 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 um, basically emotional and relational life of people around you. You are looking at stories on display. Now, as a Christian, you can look at these stories and say, look, this is the good and the beautiful. And yet as a Christian, I know, look, this is the brokenness in it. 
and you can participate in that. You can apply gospel truth. Yeah. You can appreciate the art. You can enjoy it. You know, you yeah. can Christians can go to a movie theater and enjoy good storytelling. Good storytelling is God. God invented that. Read your Bible. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm a witness. I've seen completely non-christian movies that were made not not those avenger type movies the movies about hey, life <laughs> movies about life that portrayed life how it is right now where they took real situations that brought them into the light and then you come out of that movie and you're like this world is broken because i live i grew up in a happy home yeah look just because by god's grace i have a happy home mm -hmm. i don't see how terrible it is yeah and movie is just one way for me to see that, mm -hmm. you know, because people are not always willing to come up to you and share how bad things can get. Right. Brings us to my next point. Is it necessary to be subjected or to be open and to, in a way, even look for every, for the things that are outside in the world that would expose me to mm -hmm. what the world portrays? Yeah. Is it necessary? Yeah, I think there's two, um, there's two points there. Um, Christians who isolate themselves, when we isolate ourselves from the world, we tend to think of ourselves as totally holy and as the world as totally bad. And we become totally out of touch with our own sinfulness. And we become totally out of touch with the way that some of our non-Christian neighbors, um, they, they demonstrate God's glory in some aspects of their life and better than we do. You know, uh, they could be more, you know, Christians make stupid excuses and cheat. Yeah, you know, I've seen people cheating on their taxes and being dishonest <laughs> and all this crap because yeah. they we think we're the holy people separated, you know what I'm saying? So churches that segregate themselves and build these high walls become out of touch with their own inner sinfulness. Lots of times they there is greed, there is hypocrisy, there is false religiosity within that context. When we think we're the holy ones, and now again, we are. it is true, we are holy, we are saints, by the blood of Christ, we are cleansed, and the world is, is dying. But when we are out there speaking truth, engaging with the world, we are humbled. Uh, we are humbled how imperfect we are and God is using us still, you know? The other thing is this, most of the most some of the most messed up young people today are the ones that are coming out of these super are super segregated or super walled off um, homes and churches where the homeschool kids that never you know never seen a, a blinking screen and yeah. then all of a sudden have access to everything and they go plunge in head first um, parents who think that they're going to save their kids by taking them to Sunday school and having them in Christian private schools or homeschool those parents are confused, man, because the world is entering your your house. You, the, the, yeah. you don't you don't lock the sinfulness. So you don't lock John chapter one out. You don't lock the world out by by not listening to Taylor Swift. Because the moment you came into this world, the world is inside of you. You're a sinner, yeah. and your kids are sinners. And if you think you're going to protect them just by avoiding culture you're actually creating a bubble of sinfulness within your world. And most of the parents don't realize that their kids are listening to much more Taylor Swift than they even realize. And what that happens is under your nose, sinful habits and tendencies enter and you don't know how to deal with it. You don't equip your kids to deal with it. You don't equip your church to deal and engage with the world, with the gospel. Yeah. So that's kind of a jam-packed, 
uh, conversation for today. Uh, let's close out with two quick recommends. <clears throat> My first recommend, kiwi, strawberry, and a banana. <laughs> Mix it with Greek plain yogurt. Yogurt is there to to balance out the acidity of the kiwi and strawberry. I burnt my whole mouth when I ate it the first time. I'm telling you, it is worth it. Do it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's great. Uh, My two recommends are Kevin DeYoung, What is the Mission of the Church? And Total Truth by Nancy Piercy. Uh, Those two books you want to get your hands on, read those. That will give you more info on what we're talking about. Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to hit the problem of the wide-angle lens. Uh, a lot of the young people today enter, exiting the, the, the messed up super narrow churches are jumping into the other opposite side of the ditch. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, please let us know what you think. Share this podcast with your friends and leave a review on iTunes. I know it's a pain in the butt. It's really complicated and difficult. Please leave us a review. That helps us a lot. Yep, just do it. 